said that. Now I'm going to go longer. I'm just kidding you. I just want to rehearse a little bit about what I said last Sunday. Uh, last Sunday, I, I'm dealing with the keys, and it's a two-part sermon. And I, the question that posed my mind was, all oh, the children. Thank you for the reminder, brother. I got a one-track mind. If I get off the track, my mind is lost. Anyway, I was, the question came to me, why did God have to remind the Colossian church, the Ephesian church, and the Hebrew church of creation? Why did he take them back there? And we discovered that in Ephesians, he has blessed us with all spiritual blessing because of the covenant. Because in the beginning, God. So God's mind from the beginning was to bless. God's mind from, and the Ephesian church had to remind it of this. The Colossian church seemed to lack an understanding of the supremacy of God. They, uh, this is a powerful verse, the supremacy of God. The, his preeminence. And, and Colossians 1.15, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? That's preeminence. That is sovereignty. And everything in this, in this particular verse expresses the, 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 uh, pre, uh, the pre, <laughs> preeminence of God, of Jesus, and his sovereignty through the whole verse. Every phrase you read refers to that. And they needed a revelation. They needed a revelation. But it says this, For by him were all things created in heaven and earth, visible, invisible, whether they be thrones of any powers, and so on. God was bringing them up to speed. And I believe he's bringing us up to speed. Saying to us, listen, I started everything. I'm going to conclude everything. But meanwhile, I'm going to do everything I said I would do. That's kind of the essence of, of uh, five pages. I shared one time with a church in, in, uh, in Nelson. And the pastor got up and says, boy, that's the shortest complete message I ever heard. It only took me five minutes. So today I want to talk about the, the, the keys from the preeminent and sovereign are given to us so we can operate with what the king is doing. In other words, he does not just go out and do our own thing. He would like us to cooperate with him. Let me say this, keys here, you know, you have keys, you open up your house, right? Well, this is not to try to unlock heaven. Heaven's already open. The, the, the veil's rent, so we're not trying to open up heaven. But keys are to unlock things that you either have to lock up or keep locked up or release. That's the essence of the keys. And we'll see. He gives us instructions how to use them. And uh, we need in our best ability to see God in his wholeness. 
we, we are people of, we're very narrow in our thinking. We're not broad in our thinking. We, we get a subject and we're all like that and it's not bad. But God is whole. All truth about God could never be realized unless we see God as he is pictured in scripture. We have to see the picture, how scripture just uh, paints, he paint, the scriptures paint a picture of almighty God. And I wonder how many of us actually have that picture. Now I know it's progressive revelation that we walk, walk in truth and as we read the Bible, God opens up things to us about himself. Because coming here today is not about what I expect, it's about him. And as I worship him, and as I just adore him, he speaks to me. I don't know about you, but I love worship because God talks to me during worship time. Because there's an intimacy that's going on. There's, a, there's an exchange that goes on in worship. Like we don't worship with our minds stuck in, in some absent form. No, he's given us a mind. But I find every time I worship, he says something to me, like today, holiness. He just emphasized his holiness to my heart. It's funny because I read that chapter before she started singing. And I read that chapter for you, Selena. I've been following your posts. And the Lord just spoke to me, said to me, she is unlocking freedom every day. That's what you've been doing. You cannot, you cannot deny God when you say what he says. You can't, God will not be denied if you say what he says. And neither will you. Because God will never be denied of the accomplishments of what he said. There's no power on earth that can deny God from fulfilling what he said. And I remember Pastor Dick saying to me, he said, Nelson, I'm not strong enough or big enough to what God wants to do in and through your life. I thought that was just awesome because he put me in my place as to how I saw him and opposed to how I saw God. It's always a privilege to walk about the Lord's word. It's our privilege to walk about the Lord's word. What I mean by that is walking by reading what he said. I'm walking in the word. I'm walking in what he said. And as I walk, it becomes part of who I am. The majesty on high has blessed us with what he has revealed to us about himself. That's the first blessing we receive is he says, I, wanna, I want you to know who I am. I want you to understand who I am. I want you to experience who I am. You see, because we're his house. 
and, and he lives here, right? The father lives in the house. Do we know the father that lives with us? We're his house. Hallelujah. I mean, what a privilege. He graciously and honorably has invited us to participate with him in life. It's like, wow. What a privilege. He did this. He, he, he did this to keep us moving forward by understanding. He started the whole thing. That means what he started, he says, I'm Alpha and the Omega. What I started, I will finish. And you're with me. I want you to walk with me until it's all done. That would have been a good place to say amen. That's what David would say. <laughs> and by the way, this, all, the, all the messages that David has been preaching has everything to do with this, who he is. He is love, so we're a loving house. He's holy, so we are a holy people. Who the Father is, is the identity of the house. I don't know about you, but my dad established the identity of our home. And he not only established the identity, he established the authority. And he, he established um, our responsibilities. It's like, wow. Psalm 103, verse 19, the Lord has prepared his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all things. I, I have a hard time grasping that because sometimes I look at things from, through my own eyes. I look at things through my own understanding. I look at things through my own thoughts, but he says, you know, my thoughts are higher than yours. I don't think like you. Well, then what does God think like? He thinks like what he said. Those were his thoughts. So he said, I don't think like you. And my ways are not like your ways. They're just much higher. And there's two trains of thought, his and ours. And it seems like the two don't mix. Unless he comes and encounters us. And so we depend on the interaction of God in order to walk in his thoughts. We read the words. The word of God are his thoughts. We have to make them our thoughts, and that's what you're doing with this post you keep putting up, right? She is actually writing down God's thoughts for her life. And I'm, I'm sure you're finding some freedom in it and some liberty because the concentration is on what he said and not where I am. That, that's what I perceive from you. Psalm 133 verse, 103 verse 22. Bless the Lord all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. My mind, my will, and my emotions. Bless God. I believe God doesn't mind us being emotional. I mean, he created our soul. 
Well, I didn't give you those feelings. But, but he just bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. And all that's in within me, within me. It's kind of like this abandonment to God. And I, I believe what he's saying to us as a church, just abandon yourself to me. Because when you do that, you'll think the way I think. And you'll walk in my ways. I don't want to belabor, belabor some of this stuff, but I want to get to the keys. Because I think there's a lot of misinterpretation about the keys, but they're very simple instructions that he gives us. The one thing about the, the, the very premise of the key, upon which the key is laid upon, first of all, it's a complete work of the cross. If you don't believe that the, the cross took care of everything, the key is not going to do you much good. But if you believe that the cross is a complete work, it's finished, then the keys, you'll build a you'll build to lock things up and open things up. Do you know why? Because he's the one that locks up and opens up. So, as many as received them, to them gave he the authority to be sons. Hallelujah. He gave us the right. When you have a right, it means you have the freedom to be and do who you are. So he gave us the right to do and be who we are in him. It's a right of privilege. It's actually a freedom. It's not a bondage. It's actually a freedom. The right to do something is free. We have a right in Canada of free speech. The Constitution says we can say things, but there are parameters. But nevertheless, it is a freedom. But in the kingdom of God, we have a liberty that is much greater than the liberty we have in Canada. The one thing we don't have in the kingdom of God is we don't have to protest. Because the one who's in charge is just. Because the one who's in charge lives by what he said. Because the one who's in charge doesn't compromise what he says. And I don't like what, I don't like what you're doing. You're not doing the way I told you to do it. No, 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 no. We, we don't have to protest because our king, our, 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 our king of kings and lord of lords, he is loyal, just, and true. Um, I discovered yesterday, and this, this may be kind of funny, but I discovered yesterday that there can be no lie without, first of all, there being a truth. There has to be a truth before there can be a lie, and there has to be a truth before there can be deception. Because all deceptions have portions of truth in it. That's what makes it deceitful. When you think of it, we don't walk in lies. We walk in truth. And truth 
when you walk in truth, you walk in liberty. And so the enemy came in the garden, and he brought a deception. And what he did is he just twisted the word a little bit and put something else in their cranium to think about. And it interfered so much that they actually believed it. But truth, truth never needs to be defended. I never have to argue with anybody about what God said. He just said it. It's truth. That's his thinking. His thoughts are always truth. Hallelujah. Now here's, I want to give you what it means to receive something within the, as many as received him. Let me, let me just explain to you how powerful that word received is there. Um, in receiving, there is an active action as being under one's control. Oh. I had the control to receive what he said. Where does that lead us to? It leads us into what he said after. As many as received him. Oh. I don't control him. But on the other hand, I do say he's my king. So we, we have ownership. When you receive something from God, you become an owner of it. Because he gave it to you. So we own sonship. This is, this is in the possessive sense. When you receive something, if I was going to give you, Charlene, if I was going to give you a $100 bill and you received it, that would be yours. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to do that, but. Well, you can talk to him. But, but you become owner of what you receive. So when you get the keys, he owns the keys, but he gave them to you to work with. And he'll explain to us what that is, what that looks like. But when we receive something, when we receive Jesus, we receive him as an entitlement. We are entitled to him. We have a right to him. We have a right to who he is. We have a right to what he's done. We have a right to what he said. And we have a right to what he called us to that's our entitlement. It is the right granted by the covenant to become a child of God. He brought you into the rights of his benefits. Let me say that again. He brought all of us into the right of his benefits. I know Vanessa's had a victory at her school. God works. He is the ownership by price and by birth. In other words, he owns you because he paid for you and he birthed you into his kingdom. You're his. So 
the higher way of thinking is, I'm his. The greater way of going is, I'm his. That's his thoughts. See, we don't think like that. He's right. You don't, you don't think like I do. Well, I think God would say, start thinking like I think. Hallelujah. Because you believe, I'm going to say this, because you believe, you become somebody in Christ. In other words, you have an identity. Because you believe, you become somebody in Christ. You become a son of God, a daughter of God. You originate from God, and he birthed you into existence because his seed, you took on his likeness. Because of his seed, you took on his likeness. Wow, that's how he thinks. You know, you're like me. We don't think like that. We think that that would be an offense to God to think we were like him. I'm talking about the flesh. The flesh doesn't like that kind of thinking. Hallelujah. You are distinguished. You are a distinguished person because you are identified by his name. He put his name on the house. He said, I'm going to build my church. So our identity is found in his name. That's our identity. We, the house of God, are distinguished because we believe in his name. We're distinguished from everything else in this world because we're his. Our identity is Jesus. When we say Jesus, we're saying, that's my identity. I think I think we're kind of discovering how God thinks. Because you believe, because you believe, he gave you his characteristics, his identity rights. Now, there's a lot of things going on about rights nowadays. Well, he gave us an identity of rights. It's who he is. He gave us, we, we're sons of God. We have the characteristics of God living in us in the new creation. That's our identity. That's how God sees us. That's how he thinks. And if we begin to think the thoughts that he thinks, I think we would stay out of a lot of Disappointments, failures, poor self-image. God has not given us a poor self-image. He gave us his image. There is no greater image. 
Hallelujah. We are the house of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he rules and he birthed us into the kingdom of God. He birthed us into his rule and authority and reign in the house. Wow. I mean, what a privilege to be the house of God. The place where he lives the place where he animates, the place where he actually talks, and the place where he actually does whatever he wants to do. Because you, gave, because you believe he gave you his characteristics, his identity rights. God exercises sovereignly. In other words, I gave you who I am, and I didn't ask anybody whether I should or not. It was my choice to that for you because I love you. Wow. Let me say this. Parents, remember, you are an image in your house. You either portray the image of the lost world or the image of the living word. He gave you liberty rights of lawful action. This is God's thinking. I gave you liberty rights that you can act upon. And if you will read my word, you'll understand what I gave you the liberty to do. Isn't that cool? He didn't somehow leave us in the dark. Because he brought us into the light. He gave you exousia, liberty of action. It is the lawful authority. Exousia is the liberty of action that is backed by lawful authority. This is important to get, when you get to the keys, all of this becomes important. Exusia is not merely possibility or ability, but genuine rights from Jesus Christ. Exusia is not just possibility or ability, but genuine rights from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We have, as the house of God, we have been given kingly rights. That overrides and overrules everything. Hallelujah. When I, when I think of that, I'm thinking, God, you are such a good, gracious God that you would bring your house into that dimension. For instance, living in the kingdom authority requires intelligence. That's why he gave you and I a brain, not a train. Well, let me, let me put that in perspective now, just so you don't think that it's your mind. Well, the Holy Spirit has given us a new and different way of thinking. <laughs> oh. oh, boy. I could just go off on another sermon right here. 
When you think of the fruit of the Spirit, I gave you the right to love somebody. I gave you the right to have patience. I gave you the right to have joy. Be happy. God's not sad for you. He's happy for you. Be happy. I don't think God even looks like that. He doesn't even think like that. And that's part of our thinking. Oh, be happy? you got to be kidding. The way things are going, I can't be happy. Well, you're not thinking like Jesus. I'm going to say what Pastor David said. Am I being too hard? <laughs> I really appreciated that. We are to coalesce with the divine intelligence of God's vision concerning his house. That means people. The church is not the building. The people are the church. We're, we're the house. And I remember being in Lillooet. We had a service. And then we went for lunch. And, and I always tried to make myself available to the Holy Spirit wherever I go. And we're sitting and eating and the Holy Spirit says to me, see that woman sitting over there at that table? I says, yes. No, I didn't say this out loud. Nobody knew this was happening except me and God. And the Holy Spirit says to me, uh, when, when that lady gets up to walk out, call her over and tell her that I'm going to resolve her difficulties for her. She got up out of her chair and I said, say, ma'am, could you come over? Yeah. I says, God wants me to tell you that he will resolve your difficulties for you. See, that was a key. God unlocked something for her. I have this, I've unlocked this for you. So let's get to the keys. I have much more I could say, but let's get to the keys. You want me to do the keys next week? <laughs> what a privilege. I'll buy that. It's, it's, it's amazing. Like one of the things that really hit me today, when I, when I read Revelation, there's such an abandonment to worship. Can, can we come next Sunday with a heart of abandonment in worship? Father, I am coming today to pour everything that I have, all of my strength, all of my being, just to worship you. Hallelujah. It would be good to be aware this week of an interaction between you and God. And here's what I would encourage. There are certain things that God is, would say to you, but you have to ask yourself the question, why is he saying this to me? Number one. Number two, 
What does he want me to do about what he's saying to me? Now, it might be the smallest thing. And number three, Father, I need you to help me. Because I'm introducing you to this right now. I'm introducing you to the process of working the keys. The first thing is my interaction with the king. His thoughts and his ways. Amen? So think of that this week. When you're going to be gone, I'm going to tell you right now, when you're going to be gone and you're going to be going through this week, uh, I'm going to tell you right now, God is going to encounter you. Because God wants to encounter his people wherever they are. And you may be busy. You may be thought maybe somewhere else. But all of a, and I'm sure you've experienced this. All of a sudden, God is just going to intervene and he's going to invade your thinking right where you are. Pay attention to it. Because God is trying to say something to you and me that is very important at that very moment. Amen? Father, we thank you for the keys of the kingdom. Father, we thank you for the keys of the rule and reign of the king. Hallelujah. That's the kingdom. So we bless you today. And Holy Spirit, we just ask you to lead us this week. And as the house of God, as you live among us, let there be an interaction as we walk this week. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless.